Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters. My name is Matthew Shea. I'm Matthew Rickard. And we are here today to talk about LD 1666. LD 1666 was the legislation that was passed by the Maine House and signed by the governor uh, in the spring slash early summer of 2018. And what was it about for the most part? What it did was... Well, first of all, a little back. It's all about proficiency-based diplomas. All right, yeah. Let's start with some background on this. So in order to get to where we are here, you kind of have to go back a little bit. Um, 2012, it was a magical year. Governor Paula Page was still our was our, was our our governor at that point, and he signed into law a new piece of legislation that said, we're going to change the way we do diplomas in the state of Maine. We're going to get away from the seat time, the hours-based thing, and we're going to go to a proficiency-based model um, which meant that you know you, you you do the work and you get the learning done and you certify that the learning is done. You show proficiency, you demonstrate proficiency, mastery, competency, and then you move on to the next level, whatever it might be. Now that's a huge change from the way that school has done in the past, right? That was a massive paradigm shift, yeah. Right. And how long did this did this go on for? Because this doesn't sound like it was just like a brand new thing one year. How how long no. did, did, was this going on for? Well, we've been we, well. The state of Maine has been working on this since like, since in 2012. Um, and they've been rolling it out. It was, it was originally supposed to start off, I believe, in 2017. They pushed it back a year to 2018 to have everything ready. And then they pushed it back again a couple of years because districts said they weren't ready. Because, again, this is a massive paradigm shift. Yeah, it was a this, massive. It was, it, it's definitely not an overnight. You can say that this is like, oh, we're, we're going to do this now and everybody's ready for it. Yeah, this is not a, this is not a Thanos moment where you snap your fingers and, and things change. Um, so it's, it, for those of you who don't get that, I'm very sorry. That's okay. But for those who do get it, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so, so this is, it was a slow burn. It was a really slow change and some districts really took it head on. Some districts didn't. And there was a whole lot of division or not division, but discrepancy among across the state about how to implement all this stuff, yeah, was, how to do it all. It was not nearly as consistent as I think they were hoping when they put this into place. It was not. And right. so as the years kind of rolled on and we got to 2017 and even earlier, people started to get upset and they started to ask to repeal. They started to introduce legislation to repeal proficiency, the, the, the diploma rule. What the what the diploma rule did, um, which was 4722A, um, it repealed section 4722 okay in the in main state statute which was that's that was our old diploma law that was what the, the what gave us the uh, the expectations for a diploma that could be set by local control um and then it set this whole new thing up so what happened in june and this last spring was a decision was made by the legislature they pushed the governor to basically cut out that mandate that it has to be proficiency-based learning. There's a lot of people who think that it was a full-on repeal. Like proficiency-based learning is completely gone. The diploma is gone. You don't have to do it anymore. Right. The, the press mainly said it was a repeal of proficiency-based diplomas. Right. That, 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 that's that's what everyone said. I've talked to other teachers and other colleagues who've said, well, we're not going to do this anymore because it's been repealed. Right. Um, and that turned out to be a misconception. That's a huge misconception. Right. So what actually was the case here? So what 1666 did was it changed some of the language in allowing districts to make a choice. You can choose to go back to the way of, you know, English for four years, social studies for two years, math two years, science two years, fine arts for a year, those, ba those core basic um, requirements. 
Right. You could do that. Right. So, uh, quote unquote, the, the traditional system. A traditional diploma. Yep, the way that most of us grew up in uh, way back whenever we were Whenever kids. we were, anytime right. before, before at least 2017. Absolutely. 18, right. In this, in so, this, really, in this if the way you know school, if you went through public schools, that's the way it was then. Right. That's the way 4722 says it is now. Right. Okay. The other option, you, you, can, do, you can go that way. Or you can stick with a proficiency based diploma. So those rules are still in play. They're still on the books. They're still state law. It's just that districts have a right to choose which one they want to do. So you, so yeah, you have, a, you have a right to choose which way you want to go with it. Your district can decide if they want to be proficiency-based diplomas, standards, and transcripts or not. Right. So there's, so now there's two pathways. So it really wasn't a repeal. It was more now you have a choice of Correct. one way to do it, uh, depending on where your district was, which has a lot to do with... Uh, with some of the rules that were put in place by the DOE, which we can talk about in a little bit, uh, or in this case, the lack of rules that were put in to help guide districts. Uh, do you want to talk about rules a little bit? And not specifically rules for this one, but what rules the DOE does to help support some of these laws? Sure, we can talk about that. Okay, let, let's let's give it like a 30-second primer on that one. So the legislature makes these laws like uh, 4722, and the law is in place, and the DOE in response, uh, in this case, we're talking about education. So they have to right. put some rules in place to help support the districts, what this means, and this is what you can do to support. Okay. Is that really? That's, that, that's, that's really that seems it, about right? right. Okay. Yeah. So it's like 20 seconds. There you go. Yeah. All right. Okay. So in this particular case, when 4722A came into place, their mission to set rules didn't happen. For a number of reasons, for a lot of different reasons, and and and, and they're, yeah, they're, they're, they they started to do some rules. They started to get some things, and they got some feedback from the field. They got some pushback from some folks in some ways, and they changed the process several times during the course. Right. So it felt like there was there were no rules, but in fact there there were things there coming were rules out at a time. Right. There were rules that were coming out, but it was just it, it was it it, it it was it was hard to interpret. It was, and one of the reasons for that, I think, was there was a lot of uh, turnover. For we've had a lot of commissioners since at this has happened at DOE. Yep. So you know, it wasn't really anybody's intent not to do this correctly. It just kind of happened. So, but it, but again, going back to what we said earlier, um, it wasn't it was intent. Of course, we everyone wanted this. People who were working on this, who made this, they wanted it to, su to right. succeed. Right. But I think one of the things that happened was. It was a huge paradigm shift. It yeah. this went alongside of a lot of other practices and a lot of other things that people are and educators are seeing and reading and doing at the same time that may have gotten mixed up in the translation. And I think know, I think there's been a lot of mix-ups when yeah, it, when it talks happened. about uh, why this was successful in some places and why it was not so successful in others. And some of those reasons are, you know, turnover for people. Turnover, sure. Uh, turnover in education. We have uh, superintendents that change over all the time. Uh, I think some of the leadership in some of the districts has been just spotty, if nothing else, just because people keep moving. Well, yeah, people have people. There's the, the, there's no consistency of what the what yeah. the stuff what the stuff means. There's no there, there what the, there's what, not what, a lot of longevity between the people that are actually trying to implement this. Right, right? now, you and I, for instance, have been in this since 2012. Yes trying to figure this out in the districts that we are still currently in yes and trying to make some headway with this but i get it if you're like at a district one year and then you go somewhere else and then a couple of years later you go somewhere else and a couple of years you go somewhere else 
you're trying to implement the same things that you may have changed, but your districts are in different places. Right. It's 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 too big of a thing to have that constant turnover to have any kind of consistency. Right. Again, you said at the beginning, this is such a paradigm shift yeah. that we're trying to do for the entire state. It is. It just. It is what it is. I mean, right? there's there's. I don't think there's a lot of blame to be placed. I think that the misconceptions have made it a blame game. Oh, and, absolutely. And let the, absolutely. Well, let's let's get into that for a little All right. bit. So a lot of the pushback that I hear at uh, testimony at the legislature about 1666 this year was about the role of money and yep. the support okay. from outside education, really. It was about nonprofits, and it was about these these other companies that came in and tried to give advice, and they were getting paid for their advice, like mm-hmm. good nonprofits and companies do. Uh, they want to people, sp- people got to eat spread they, they got to spread the word somehow right? right this isn't free it is for like you and me doing this stuff because we work <laughs> in these districts but you know we can't do this alone so we look for help and help right. costs some money sometimes so there's been plenty of grant money that we've been able to place on this there's plenty of district money that's been placed on this but a lot more grant money than not i would say in my opinion that could be i could be wrong on that one but a lot of uh, outside sources that that we got to pay for some of this so one of the companies, one of the nonprofits that started all this was uh, Risk, uh, sure, Reinventing Schools Coalition back in the late 2000s yeah. and early into the 2010s. Ish. You know they were here for a couple of years. The the state paid them through some some grant. I don't exactly know where they got their money, but it was do a I. couple of million dollars or so. And they went around the state and did a lot of good trainings and stuff. And they talked a lot about about the role of culture in, in changing this. And it's not, you can't do this overnight, but you have to have some things in place before you do. Um, and and I think that was a part of it. But when they went away, there wasn't that support in some of the districts. And some of the districts that did not take advantage of that training now were starting from step zero. It's a, it's a, it's a typical thing that you hear. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I hear it in my district or as, as my role of a, of a leader in the district is, well, we get the PD the one day, and then where's the follow-through? Yep. Where's the follow-up? How are we making sure that we're following through with what it is that we did that sure. PD? It shouldn't just be a one and done, and I think all too often that may have happened. Yep, I totally that, agree. So totally then agree. That, that transfer of knowledge never necessarily got back to, or, or for lack of a better word, filtered down to the rest of the district, Right. and everyone's just still left like wavering. Well, what am I supposed to do with this? Right, what, what can I do? What's happening? Yeah, I mean, like... It, I, I'm looking at the, the, the law right now, and I, I'm looking at it because who doesn't want or doesn't think that a diploma shouldn't certify that the student has met the requirements specified by the governing body, right? That we, we, a diploma should mean that a student has met those requirements. Absolutely. And it's certifying that. Um, that's what the language of the, of, the, of the 4722A said. But somehow, in all of that work with risk and all those in those years and all that other the lack of rulemaking—not lack of rulemaking—that's wrong. But but confusion, confusion around the confusion. rulemaking. Yeah, that's that's better. So one of the things with 4722A is talking about uh, meeting certain requirements, right? Right. And 4722A talks a lot about uh, being able to uh, meet these particular standards or indicators or targets or whatever you want to call them. And when they're certified that they're met, they get to move on to the next thing. Right. Rather than just sit, like in 4722, the original one was basically you attend school and you pass enough tests and quizzes and it all kind of averages out. That's a blanket statement there. But right. In general, you didn't need to know like a minimum of anything. Well, it says here the minimal instructional requirements, quote, 
A comprehensive program of instruction must include a minimum four-year program that meets curriculum requirements established by this chapter and any other instructional requirements established by the commissioner and the school board. And those subjects, again, English for four years. Four years. Not necessarily a mastery level or knowing what they have to learn, but take four years of English. And pass it. And pass it. Which is not consistent among districts at all. Correct. Some are 60, some are 70, some are 80? I don't really know, but there's no consistency. There's no consistency. Social studies of history, including American history, government, civics, and personal finance, two years of that. Mm -hmm. Mathematics, two years of math. Mm -hmm. Science, including at least one year of lab study, two years. Fine arts, which may include art, music, forensics, or drama, one year. And that's it. That's it. And nothing about what happens before, right? Because this is strictly high school we're talking. This is strictly high school. Now, one of the things that's lacking from that... A list right there is something like world language, mm-hmm. and world language was one of the one one of the core requirements of the proficiency-based diploma. You had to meet all of them. You had to, you had to show proficiency and, and be certified in world language and health, mm-hmm. physical education, two other areas that are missing from these required subjects. So a lot of the pushback for diploma that I remember was about the world languages. Yes, and that we didn't have Maine didn't have the teachers to do that. Is, do you think that's fair? Do you think that's a, a fair pushback? I absolutely do. I don't think I do. Well, I the district that I work in, for example, um, we 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 put out applications for more language teachers. Sure. We just did this one this last summer, as a matter of fact, and um, the pool was very shallow. Minimal. Minimal. If anything, that's if anything, pretty good. Yeah, right? we've had some positions this year, just as an aside, that, we, and, that and, we've had nothing for. And if and if if we're really trying to focus on not just the the rote memorization, factual based learning of what the mm-hmm. language is, but actually the deep conceptual understanding of the language and the culture, which are the core pieces of what world language is, um, you need a teacher for that. You need a high quality teacher for that. And if the the people aren't there, it's hard to then provide that programming. Now. There are ways to, to do it. There are other ways of going around it. Um, I mean, every every problem is considered with constraints. And constraints, as a, as a good friend of mine says, constraints are, are potential design challenges. Sure. So let's figure out a way through that within the constraints because then let, let our creativity shine through. And I just don't think that a lot of, a lot of districts have the time or the desire or the money or whatever the excuse slash reason is to go and go through with that. And so how much how much uh, discussion was there across the state to maybe brainstorm some solutions for this? There were a few. Really? Uh, but they they, they, they I, d- I don't remember any. Put it that I'm just throwing that out. I there. remember going to just a couple of uh, a couple of meetings with some curriculum leaders I want to say to talk about this very issue. Yeah. But that was really about it. There was nothing. I didn't. I don't remember anything from sponsored by DOE. I don't remember anything. I don't. Any, any, I don't remember anything. Any intentional like conferences or any intentional work to think how can we solve this problem? But then again, I don't remember seeing a lot of that outside for for the whole proficiency based diploma law in general. So if we talk about world languages in particular for a moment, sure. And, and we don't think there have been any like brainstorming solutions for this. Do you think that that is a reason to give up on a law or to push back on this? Or would it, in oh. hi- in hindsight, would it have been better to put people around a table and try to figure out 
okay, we've got this issue. We think world languages are important for all of our kids. What you just said is key. Okay. Because what you just said is a value statement. I think that the world language is important. Well, I, and, and, I'm, and so, I'm, I'm saying that because it's in the law. No, I, so no, I, I agree with you. must have thought that. Right, I agree with you and, completely. And I'm fully in support of that. But if these other districts, as you mentioned, and there's plenty around our state, sure, that just are. don't have, have zero applicants. You said you had at least a handful. I, I know of some that have had none. You know, it's a very rural state in many yes. places. So if you don't have the, the, the teachers that can get there, then what are you going to do if, if you think the world languages are important for your learners of Maine? And that's where I was saying about the value statement. Like, is it important? But why and didn't we do anything about it? I, I don't know. Okay, so that's something that I think that I push back on. It's saying, is, is this important or not? And if it's not, then if we decide as a state that it's not, then okay. Then. But I think part of the message that was also sent and or unintentionally sent and or unintentionally received was that, well, if you're not going to help us figure this out, what, what are we supposed to do with this? Yeah. So then the message then the message could be received is, well, how invested are folks really into this law, into this change? How much do they, deeply do they really care about it? And if, if they're not going to care about it, why should we? If they're not going to invest in it, and I'm just I'm doing this is complete projection Absolutely. on my on my side right yep. now, but I can totally see how it would be like. Well, if we're not getting any help, and we're completely on our own, well, we're going to put our efforts into making sure that our kids right now are getting exactly the best thing that they need right now. Right. And yeah, that's a problem. We'll deal with that later. So that seems like a lot, as you just said. That's a lot of assumptions that it people is. were thinking. Well, that side should do this. We're going to do it this. It has a lot of assumptions. And everybody's aside was doing that. And, and so nobody really um, stepped up on that one, I think, in order to to do anything about it. And that, I, uh, that goes back to some of our talks about DOE having a lot of different people right. over the past uh, six, seven years I, or whatever it is now, that there's been nobody really in charge of the whole thing on a consistent long-term yeah, and I don't, I don't want this to go into a thing like we're, we're just attacking world languages either. Oh, no, not at all. That, that, it's like we so, – and, you and, and, and I – put it right. You and I support world languages for fully, our kids. 100%. 100%. But that's the thing that's out there, and I, I want to put all of it out there on this podcast right. because every, it's something to talk about. Every time I'd go to a meeting, whether it's curriculum leaders or with other district administrators or with teachers or at conferences and people are talking about proficiency-based learning, the question was always raised. What about world languages? How do you deal with that? Because – if, even if you do have more language teachers, chances are it's at the high school level, and a lot of the the, the standards are using these these, uh, uh, the, the, these these national standards for world languages. Let's say, well, it takes a it takes a while to get to that level of being proficient. That mid intermediate, what's called intermediate mid level, it takes a while to get there. Sure. You can't necessarily do that in two years, which right. which is the which is the history, the traditional history of doing world languages at the high school. Because there's not necessarily world language training at the middle school or elementary level where that foundation for formative work needs to really happen in order to make the intermediate mid stuff happen at the high school level. So I think you have just brought up a point that has also been misconstrued. A lot of the talk about proficiency-based diplomas, a lot of districts have talked about it as proficiency-based education. Sure, And it's sure. not about high school anymore. It's about K-12. Yes, and we are going to talk about that next time. Okay. And probably the grading too. As you said at the beginning of this one, LD 1666 is, is not a 20-minute conversation. It's not. This is long-term. So we're going to talk about this for quite a bit. I think uh, this is Matt's way of telling me to stop talking. 
good day. <laughs> All right, that's fine. So we're going to talk about this We'll next talk about time. this more later. Uh, and we are going to continue with our talk on LD66 and everything about Maine Education Matters over the next few episodes. If you have some feedback for us, please let us know. Uh, we'll have something for you very soon. And we are also going to be talking about uh, the PEPG system and the EPS formula and anything else related to Maine Education over the next few weeks. So we will talk soon. Bye. Bye.